Welcome back to the Faith Lift Sisters. Um, we are working through the very end of James 1. And um, just a reminder, if you were with us yesterday, we are going through the homework. Um, if you're following along, it's four days. And we just felt like day one and day two flowed together really well conversationally. And day three and day four conversationally um, worked as one. So that's kind of what we're sticking to. So it's okay. Don't freak out. We're good. We've got it all together. Um, and you are along for the ride with us. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Today, we're going to be on James um, 1, 26 and 27. And Terry, you want to jump in with that? Sure. Okay. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Very good. Okay, and we just wanna make sure that we make very clear right from the very beginning um, that religion is different than a relationship. And um, Strong's Dictionary defines religion as the ceremonial observance. And Henry Morris has a quote here um, that says this word, religion, is used only in James 26 and 27, 1, 26 and 27, with one significant exception. In Colossians 2, 18, it is translated as worshiping, but in connection not with worshiping God, but angels. That Christian faith is never called a religion in scripture. So there is a huge difference between the ceremonial aspect of religion, which is what the religion is. So checking the boxes, going to church, reading your Bible, doing your Bible study, giving your money, you know, whatever those boxes look like, not eating the shellfish or, um, you know, whatever it is that all those laws are. There's a huge difference between the ceremonial aspect of it and having the relationship aspect of it. And there's nothing wrong with having the ceremony as long as you have that relationship. But the relationship is not requirement is, or the, the ceremony is not a requirement for the relationship. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. The ceremony doesn't save you. The ceremony doesn't, you can engage in that ceremony for days and really, not be changed. You can keep yourself separate. It's like we're called to an intimacy with Christ. We're called to follow Him. And it's a much, um, in some ways it's more difficult, but in other ways it's much easier um, in just following Christ. You don't have to do all the things that you're talking about, Suzanne. Um, you can be simply a follower of Christ who engages in His Word and who loves His people, you know, and loves God. I mean, there's a lot of things that God is wanting from you in that relationship. Um, but it's so doable to me. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I think one of the reasons I became a Christian is I didn't have to do all that religion. I grew up in a really highly religious um, family, but not a lot of Jesus. 
was the situation. And um, I ended up leaving my church to find, and I found Jesus. And the thing that I always loved when I became a new Christian was like, I know. Jesus can do it. <laughs> it was like, I don't have to make everything fit everything, make everything happen. Um, I think it's, it could be because I'm lazy. That's one of the reasons. It was like, oh, Jesus is going to do it, you know. But there was a lot of hope and faith. And, um, and then when he didn't do it, that was so confusing. Because then I started realizing, wow, it's not about me deciding the religion. Um, it's about God affecting his plan upon us, which... All right, it took me many years to figure that out, but that's the way it rolls. <laughs> and I, you know what, I think um, a lot of the ceremonial stuff um, is okay, is good mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Ful- fulfilling when you're doing it as an expression of yeah. the relationship that you have with Christ. It's not, it means nothing if it's separate from that relationship, like you were saying, but. Um, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's a good expression. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It. That can help yeah. to lead us into His presence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. It then actually so. works for a lot of people, like the ceremonial and stuff like that. That's how they engage with God. Mm-hmm. You know how there's all those different ways of engaging, like walking in nature, reading His Word, music. praying and worship music. Ceremony is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so we're not saying to not do that necessarily. We're saying you want to have Jesus engaged. Yes. When you have a relationship with Christ. Right. You can't stand on ceremony right. and dismiss Jesus. Right. That's really what it comes down to, is he has to be a, right along with you. Mm-hmm. So, And we want to make that very clear <laughs> while we go in, because James does say religion, religion, religion. Right. So um, those are two different things. Just know that. Yep. So now that we've muddily defined all of that... Um, <laughs> Let's kind of jump in here. Um, James in 26 says, Those who consider themselves religious and do not keep a tight rein of their tongues deceive themselves. Mm-hmm. So this just goes back to the power of the words. Yeah. Not the word, but the words. Mm-hmm. So, And like Suzanne said yesterday, there's a lot in Proverbs about that. And there are a few verses that... Um, have spoken to me over the years. Um, If you listened yesterday, you'll see that I especially used to have a big problem with anger. Um, And a lot of these, I got a lot of verses that um, spoke directly to me. And out of Proverbs, like Proverbs 21, um, 9 says, it's better to live in a corner on the roof of the house of a beautiful home rather than living with the quarrelsome woman. And on Proverbs twenty seven fifteen says, a nagging wife is like the dripping of a leaking faucet. Have you ever had a leaky faucet? Man, <laughs> does that get on your nerves? Drip, drip, drip. So it's better if a woman can't mind her tongue, you know, it's better to live on the roof by yourself. <laughs> and then another one that I really love, Proverbs 15 says. Wait, back up. They had faucets? <laughs> well, it, it, no, well, okay, so in the original, like King James, it says the dripping of a leaking roof. Okay, got it, got it, okay. In a more, um, more recent translation, it says say a, a leaky faucet. faucet. 
Okay. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. My absolute favorite one, Proverbs 15, one says, and you have to think about each word. Um, a gentle answer turns away wrath, wrath, you know, just, and so that's like a few kind words, a few gentle words, and, but one harsh word start, stirs up anger. Man, is your mouth powerful? Mm-hmm. Your mouth can win a situation or totally try to destroy somebody. And um, I don't know if I've told this before on Faith of Sisters, but we probably have some new listeners, I hope, that maybe haven't heard it before. But Greg and I were on a vacation trip one time, and I don't have a clue what I did, but um, we were sitting around with a group of people, and it was the end of the, you know, Dave's ride, and um, we were in this restaurant sitting there, and he just, he got up and he left. And I was like, well, that's weird. So I get back, you know, we get back to the hotel and I'm like, what is going on? And he wouldn't answer me. And he had, he was so angry. He just, he was raging. And I'm like, what is going on? That he wouldn't answer me, blah, blah, blah. In the morning we got up, he got up first and got ready. And I was in the shower and I'm like, I do not know what's going on here, Lord. And um, the Lord said to me, apologize. And I'm like, I'm not going to apologize. What? I didn't do anything. Why should I apologize? And again, he said, apologize. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know why I have to apologize. Um, all right. All right. I'll apologize. So when I got out of the shower and he was um, getting ready and I said to him, Greg, I don't know what I did but I'm really sorry, you know, whatever it was. And he's like, yeah, okay. And I'm, I knew that it wasn't okay. It wasn't done. And I just, I put my hand on his shoulders and I said, no, really, I, I don't really, honest to goodness, don't know what I did, but whatever it was that made you so angry, I'm so sorry. I'm really am sorry. And, and I hugged him and then he hugged me back and it was done. It was as if those words just washed it away. So I, I know uh-huh. how real this verse mm-hmm. is. Yeah. And when God tells you to use your words to soothe somebody, if he tells you to apologize, you better do it and you better mean it, even if you don't know what for. Mm-hmm. But that just totally diffused everything. And we went on with our trip and had a good rest of the trip. Hmm. So did he ever tell you what that was? Never. Never, never. did. No. Wow. Weird. Well, the word says the power of life and death is in the tongue. And so I think we need to believe that. And we need to make sure that we wield our tongue carefully. Um, Because every word that we speak carries power. And it also reveals who we are. Mm-hmm. It reveals how we have taken in God's word yeah, and what we do. And I would hope that we wouldn't, you know, we, we want to make sure that we're, we're not speaking any condemnation to anyone. If, if you see yourself in some of this um, uh, 
and some of the negative talk, the gossip or the malicious talk or the anger, um, just know that, okay, that's maybe where you are right now, but that's not where God wants you to stay. And that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you don't have to stay there. You can change. Um, you, all you have to do is get in agreement with God's word and decide that you are not going to capitulate to the enemy. You're not going to, when those thoughts and words start to come, you're going to stop. You are going to be slow to anger. You're, you're going to be slow to speak um, so that you give the Holy Spirit just that little bit of time to speak to your heart. Um, because we do have to listen to what he says. Like Terry said, she heard the Lord speak to her and say, apologize. And at first she didn't like that. I love that. At first it was like, I, I didn't do anything wrong. What do I have to apologize for? But out of obedience, you went ahead and did it, which says you put God's word above your own thoughts and feelings and you let his word determine your actions. So it is kind of like a little checkup list here. If this is going on in your life, it shouldn't be like that. This is not the life that God has for you to be arguing and fussing and fighting. And um, Instead, he has a different life for you, a life of peace and joy. So if you want the life of peace and joy, you got to take a good hard look at some of this behavior and be willing to submit yourself to the word of God and to the leading of the Holy Spirit. I'm kind of remembering where it's like, don't get involved in um, irrelevant controversies. Like they did had genealogies and yeah. they have all these irrelevant discussions and arguments mm-hmm. and God's saying, it doesn't mean anything. Stop that. You're not adding to anything. You'll be able to find this on YouTube much later in your life. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but sometimes it seems to me like social media, the Twitter accounts, the Facebook, all that stuff is irrelevant chatter. It does nothing to build up the body of Christ. And, right. and like Angie was saying, you don't have to be 100% straight up. Just do what you can right now in this moment. And that's all you need to do. And notice it and just don't deceive yourselves. I think no. sometimes just make that decision that you don't want that kind of life, a life where you're bickering and arguing and always upset. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think when you get to that place where you make a decision like that, that you mm-hmm. want the life that God has for you, um, then it, it opens the door for the Holy Spirit to come in and to help you um, change, to bring about that change. It's, it, you can kind of almost listen to the end result of some of that chatter. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't end well no. at all. A- another thing that was happening as I was reading this is like, yeah, listen to how you chatter to yourself. Mm-hmm. Listen to what you're saying to yourself because that's mm-hmm. going to reveal what's going on with you. You don't have to wait to go take somebody out. You can take yourself out in the process before you even meet anybody on the street or in your home. Um, yeah, that self-talk is very important um, for us to monitor that um, because it can be destructive too. Yeah. Words that go through your mind. Mm-hmm. And destructive to ourselves. So yeah. then we come out and someone's not even realizing, but we're all wounded. We're all upset about something. Right. And, you know, we've got an attitude and people are like, 
do you want some coffee or no? Where did that come from? Yeah. <laughs> they have nothing on it, right? And all of a sudden, it's like this fight, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, listen to how we talk to ourselves. Listen to what we choose to listen to. Pay attention to that because what you're bringing in will come out through your heart, will be. Um, yep. it, it just will. It reveals your heart. Well, Colossians 4, 6 says that your conversation should be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, <clears throat> so that you may answer everyone, and that everyone includes yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, notice you know. it say pepper. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, and the, the significance of the salt is that it enhances, mm-hmm. and it preserves, um, and it's, um, it's what is good for, it's life-giving, that salt. Um, so, anyway. Yeah, if we can strive for that, then we will hold our tongues. So sometimes, um, sometimes we look at like, oh gosh, I have this anger, I have this rage, I have this malice or whatever. And sometimes we can go to God and go, God, I don't know what's going on here. I'm so angry. I'm going to take this person's head off. And yes, you can absolutely go to God with that. But what generally needs to happen is show me where I'm messing up, God. Show me what I'm doing wrong. A lot of times I will, I'll admit, like, God, show me where they're wrong because I know they're wrong. <laughs> like, honestly. <laughs> and God, I mean, you know what? He still honors that because I'm going to him with stuff. And then he goes, yeah, Rosemary, so let's just start with you. Let's go back. <laughs> you know, and, start. Mm-hmm. and the issue is often my attitude or something in my heart that isn't right or something that I want that I don't get to have. And that's where I'm starting. And, and God will reveal that every single time. You know, he's, he's, he's always there. Remember one of our things, one of our verses is like, if you need wisdom, God will give it to you abundantly. Mm-hmm. Just and ask. going to hold Just back. Ask. He right? wants to give it to you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, God, when, when you talk about that situation with you and Greg, Terry, I'm like, you asked for that. He gave you the word apologize, mm-hmm. right? And you don't even need to know. You didn't even need to get into all the stuff with Greg. Right. It just needed to get settled. And God mm-hmm. knew how to settle that, mm-hmm. you know, in his wisdom. So, yeah, if you're ever in a part where you're just like yapping at people and fighting and over stupid things, you know, you get, you get the right to say, okay, this is stupid. Why are we doing this? Honestly, mm-hmm. think about how that would handle an argument. Well, maybe they'll think you're calling them stupid, but that's not <laughs> what I meant. You yeah, know what I mean? Not a good you start. Know, just like, you know, almost like, wait, what? what are we doing here? Wait a minute. Wait, why are we fighting? I just wanted Cheerios for breakfast. I don't know. I'm just kidding. It's just like, <laughs> why are we fighting? You know, and um, so you have a right to interrupt any argument that you have and call into question is the wait, is the word of God in this? Like, what am I missing? What's the part I'm missing? And you can just kind of bring some light to it. That's a way to bring some light. And like, what's this argument versus what's the real argument? Because mm-hmm. often it's not about the Cheerios. Mm-hmm. It's something else. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, James one twenty seven. it says that we, if that's what we're doing, it's because we're being polluted by the world. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that we're to refrain from being polluted by the world. Right. And that's just all of that world stuff coming in and not focusing on the, in this case, religion, but also the relationship aspect of what it is that we're supposed to be focused on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Religion feels very man-made to me sometimes. 
And that's not going to resolve things. Man-made stuff doesn't resolve. Here's the thing. Sin is sin. I keep going back to this. Sin is sin. Treat it as such. Not like you're going to be the one to fix it. God's the one who fixes that, right? So once you're in one of those situations and, and you're in like all the rules and this should work and this should work and this should work, it's like, no, God, what do you have to say about this? You get into this because clearly you're not in it right now. Mm-hmm. Bring him into this. So your, your heart isn't perfectly pure. But well, Romans 12.2 says, do not be conformed to this world, to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah. That's the verse for my business. But that's, that's a part of what we see all the time. And that's what that's we right. want. Transformed minds. And the only way to transform your mind is through the word of God, by taking it in and letting it really change who you are and what you think and how you feel about things. Mm-hmm. And it's a process. Yeah. It's not, you know, salvation was immediate. But this is a process of making that change and letting God transform you. Mm-hmm. Is that the word sanctification people use a lot? Mm-hmm. I don't always get it. <laughs> like yeah. I just know it's like sanctification, but yeah. I, don't, I don't know. It's kind of working out our salvation. You know, it, it does, it is a process to bring about that change. You know, we're born again, but like a new baby has to learn stuff. We have to learn stuff too when we're born again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's not always pretty. Babies fall and scrape their knees and bump their heads. And we do the same kind of thing when we're mm-hmm. starting to grow in our relationship with Jesus. Babies mm-hmm. might so, have a little easier because they don't have to break all the old stuff. Well, that's you know, because yeah. right. we've been in the world, and so how do you separate and break that worldliness? How do you transform and not and be in the world but not of the world? Like, how do you separate those two? That's that's where the trickiness comes in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, another piece like Jesus loved the Pharisees. He did. He loved mm-hmm. them enough to confront them, get in their face, say, "You're wrong." You're whitewashed tombs. Do you understand what's going on? That's actually a loving thing to do to someone. To make it clear this is what's happening. And saying, don't be. um, Don't let this world tell you who you are. Be transformed. Just a fun story. The Transformer movie was being filmed in Detroit. My sister went down to see it. And there's this little four-year-old right by the gate, and the actors are walking around with all their suits, and like they're the, they look like the cars, and the transformers transform into cars or different things. And this little four-year-old was at the fence watching, going, "Transform, transform, transform." That's the way we should be. Oh, you know, I bet yeah. you that's what God's saying. Transform. You can do this. You can. Oh, do that's this. awesome. That's a yeah, good picture. Is Isn't that yeah. sweet? Really, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me. Well, we've talked a lot about what we shouldn't do, mm-hmm. and it also has a lot to say about what we should do. Mm-hmm. And what we should do is to make sure that the words that are coming out of our mouths are wholesome, are pleasing, they're beneficial to others, as you said, life-giving. Um, let's see. Let it be peaceable, be considerate with your words, always full of grace. Mm -hmm. 
you know, you, you should use your words to build others up yeah. and not to tear them down. And we should be able to do that for ourselves too. Mm-hmm. And, and a part of that is not to go towards ego. One of the things I knew with Christ is I could sacrifice what I needed in a situation because I knew Christ had it on the back end with me. He had it all covered here, so I didn't have to worry about me and my stuff and how I wanted things done. He'd make it happen. I could sacrifice what I was, what I wanted for this person. Um, it doesn't happen all the time. I'm just saying that's like when it's in those situations. The more you get to know Christ, though, the more you start walking with him, and it's like, all right, I know you have this, God. Mm-hmm. What do you want me to do here with this person? Mm-hmm. Well, in Matthew, he says, come to me for my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, right? So God invites us to come in and say, okay, I need help with this. And he says, great, come along with me and you take my weight and I will take yours because I have a light burden. The burden of me is nothing, but and I'll take all that on for you, and then we'll just walk together. I will carry that for you. Mm-hmm. So, Rosemary, I, like you were saying, like when you go to God and say, I don't know what to do with this person, he's like, hand it to me. I got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the most profound words in the Bible, giddy up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's in different yeah. translations. I haven't quite completely found it, but it's there, I'm sure. <laughs> that yeah, verse keep about, oh, Go sorry. ahead, Terry. I'm sorry. It's okay. The verse in Matthew that you talked about, you know, might take my yoke upon you, learn from me. I'm gentle. Mm-hmm. And we need to learn that we need to be gentle. He's, he's humble. He's God and he's humble. We need to be humble and do all that so that you have rest for your souls. Mm-hmm. Oh, isn't that, I mean, peace and rest uh, and joy are the things that we want in our life. And so, you know, there's some ways to get to that. I love the idea of taking on, uh, of yoking up with Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and again, probably everybody listening knows, but about how they put two oxen in a yoke together or two horses to yoke together. Um, and they make a, a great straight line. They work together. If you have one that's um, being unequally yoked, and you have a stubborn one mm-hmm. that doesn't want to be yoked up with the other one. They're pulling against it and pulling against it, and you're getting crooked rows mm-hmm. um, in, in farming. So if you're in yoked with Jesus and you're going along with him, you're going to get straight rows, and you're going to be led perfectly down a perfect path to, to peace and to joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what... The, the leading part of that is holding your tongue and listening and humbly, like we talked about yesterday, humbly internalizing the word of God and accepting it is what it is. So I think it's great that we have all these things that we're not supposed to do. <laughs> so right. it's kind of an, a, like a scorecard for you. So if you've got all any of this yucky stuff going on, it's time for a checkup. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to really spend some time with the Lord and find out why you've got that stuff going on and ask for His help to 
get you back on the right path. Because all that says is, if, if you've got all this evil talk and, and dissension and wrath, and it just says something's out of whack. Your priorities aren't right. And if we can get our priorities right, and we put Jesus first, um, and bring ourselves underneath him, then we're going to be successful. We're going to be okay. We're going to get rid of this yucky stuff, and we're going to walk in that peace and that joy and that love that he has for us. So, you know, I, I think that was his thing with the Pharisees too. They had their priorities mixed up. Mm-hmm. They were putting, just controlling their behavior, making themselves look good above everything else. Um, and he's saying, get right with me, get with me, and then the rest of that stuff will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. So um, I know it, I, I try and, you know, when I hear myself be short with someone, um, which still happens plenty, um, it, I, I do try and use that as a, Ooh, wait a minute, you know, I know what the word of God says. It says I, I really shouldn't be short like that. So something's wrong. And, and so that's my cue to go to Jesus and say, I don't know what's going on here. I, I need help with this. Um, and he promises that he'll always be there for us, mm-hmm. that he'll never leave us or forsake us. And so that help is always available if you're willing to submit and, and come. It takes some humility to say, you know, I don't know what's going on here. I need you to tell me what's going on. Um, I like what you were saying, Angie. It's like things are out of order. Things are out of order if that's going on. Yeah, generally when things are out of order, I've put myself above Christ. Mm -hmm. And I need to bring myself back down under Him. Mm -hmm. And things are back in the correct order. And just another part of this, it's really scary if you're in a situation like that to let go and to, to go to God with that. If you are hearing condemnation like you idiot what were you thinking that's not god that's not god generally if you come to god in a situation like that where there's wrath he'll shore you up first he'll say oh i love you i love that you came here i've created you for good i know you know he'll start speaking goodness into you and when you get filled up with that maybe that's what was empty right then he can start saying no i want you to apologize i want you to do this he can give you an action on how to handle it. <laughs> My only problem is he might say apologize and then shut up, Rosemary. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't add your brilliant stuff into that because nobody wants to hear that right now. That's what started this in the first place. <laughs> so, yeah. Terry, do you want to close this out today? Sure. Great. Oh, Lord, we're um, just so thankful for your word, how you lead us um, with the scriptures that you um, have put on the hearts of men to write with the Holy Spirit leading them, that you want to breathe life into us, Father, that you want to let us know how much you love us, that you have a plan for us, that you um, show us the way plainly on how to make differences and changes in our lives that um, we can live according to your will. And we just thank you for this book of James that just speaks so clearly to our hearts and um, focuses a lot on um, the mouth in these first couple of chapters and 
um, the damage we can do with it and also the good that we can do with it, Father, that we um, use our tongues not to tear people down, but to build them up and to speak every good thing to them. Um, and we just um, thank you, Lord, that we can hide your word in our hearts so that when the time comes up, we can speak your scripture out loud to people and bring them into life. Um, so we just ask you, Lord, that we always be mindful of what we're saying before we even speak words. Let us think about it first and be quick to listen to what their people are saying and, um, and slow to speak, especially words that will um, bring people down. So, Lord, we just pray that you uh, help us to think about the verse that we are memorizing this week and put it into action and be a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. And we pray that you give our you know, strong spirit to follow those um, words that you've given us. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And cut. <laughs> <laughs>